Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball, episode 49 for Friday, February 8th. I'm Alex Uwe here today with Ray Estrada. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. We are getting ready for the season. Spring training, catchers, er, catchers, pitchers and catchers report in, how many days is it now, or from the time of recording? I believe it's three or four days. We're getting close. Players are already at spring training. It's a great time. And we have a lot of new stuff to roll out for you this season. And we'll talk about more of that later. But for today's podcast, we are going to be talking about all the proposed rule changes for the MLB. Uh, this is between the MLB and the Players Association. So there's a lot to talk about there. And we'll pretty much cover all of it. But first, we'll go over a little bit of the news from today that would be Thursday so first of all uh, rest in peace Frank Robinson of course one of the best players of all time and you know I could spend a lot of time going over his, his incredible resume he was the first black manager in the MLB and his contributions to the game are you know off the charts so instead of us listing off a bunch of information about him Go ahead and read up about his life and legacy. I'll leave some links below. And, uh, you know, we wish him and his family, you know, the best going forward. So let's also talk about a trade that has finally happened for JT Real Muto. The Phillies acquire Real Muto in a deal with the Marlins, and they get back Sixto Sanchez, Jorge Alfaro, Will Stewart, and international bonus slot money. So the Marlins finally got it done. They've been teasing us all offseason, and it was to a team that wasn't really involved in the rumors and the talks leading up to it, so uh, I mean, of course we like this deal for the Phillies. What does it, what does it really imply going forward for, uh, for, I, for either team? Go ahead. Well, the Marlins get the prospect help that they need. You know, the, the trades before last season were obviously not the strongest of prospects, they got back for Yelich, Ozuna, and and Stanton. So getting a prospect like Sixto Sanchez, number 27 overall, according to MLB.com, is is big. And the Marlins get arguably the arguably the best catcher in the game, certainly the best hitting catcher in the game. They take him out of Marlins Park and put him in Citizens Bank Park, which is a much more hitter-friendly park. So the Phillies continue to add, um, and the Marlins make up for you know some of their uh, shortcomings of last year's trades with yeah. Sixto Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a huge difference getting him out of Marlins Park. His home road splits are pretty significant. So, like you've mentioned, best catcher in the game, arguably, is, is moved. And he is open to talking contract extensions uh, with the Phillies, so we'll see what happens from there. But, uh, yeah, the Phillies really are looking like a good team, especially if they're able to complete one or two more moves with the free agent market this year. This is the uh, the franchise that has promised to spend stupid money on free agency this year. We'll see what that actually ends up being. So there's plenty of free agents out there still. Machado, Harper, Kimbrell, Keuchel, lots of potential uh, free agents for the Phillies to sign. So we will talk about the free agent market and all that a little bit more in another podcast. Let's get into 
the main topic for today though and the way that we're going to break it down is by talking about really the four main objectives of all of these proposals so the most prevalent one being faster pace of play that's been a goal of Rob Manfred and MLB for a while now and there are there's some interesting new uh, proposals that are of course controversial every year it seems a new controversy arises so we will be talking about that we'll be talking about proposals to help increase offense uh, we will talk about proposals for more fair service time for younger players and also proposals to discourage tanking at the major league level so let's go ahead and start with the first uh, the first uh, goal or objective that will be addressed here I, I think it's important to before we get into all the controversial stuff to kind of separate separate the uh, the ideology between our personal preference and what we think rationally will be will be good for the sport in the long term because they are different but we will of course share our opinions on both so let's start with the new proposal of a three batter minimum for pitchers uh, it's what it sounds like. Pitchers that enter the game will have to stay in the game for at least three batters, except in the case of injury or the end of an inning. So that's a pretty big change. It pretty much cuts out the one-out lefty specialist entirely because they would have to stay in for three batters under this rule. And even even then, you just matchup-based aside from that, it's it's a big strategic change to the game. So what is your overall opinion on this, Ray? Yay or nay? I'm nay on it. I, I'm not a huge fan of artificially altering strategy options. What do you mean artificially? That's, that's an, an important thing to uh, explain, I think. I don't know if artificially is the right word, but I don't like setting a minimum amount, uh, you know, batters somebody has to face just because MLB wants to shave two minutes off of a game. Um, I've, I, I don't know. To me, it's not a massive issue. I think it requires more of a culture change more so than, I mean, maybe the culture change comes from enforcing a minimum, but I don't know. I, I just don't feel comfortable with forcing um, a minimum number of batters for relievers to be in for. It's so it's more just something that doesn't sit right with you as a baseball fan because it, from what it seems from what I've read it does seem like a good concept to speed up the pace of play and you mentioned shaving t time off of the average game length and that is not the objective of pace of play pace of play is more about keeping fans engaged as it happens, pace. And if you're talking about game length, that is trending downwards based on a few changes that Manfred's implemented in the past few years. But that's not the the end goal. The end goal is to basically keep people's eyes on the game and not allow for this opportunity for people to lose interest when there's three pitching changes in 
the late innings of a ball game, which does happen a lot. And pitching changes take a decent amount of time. If there were other measures to take on uh, reducing the time it takes to change pitchers, I'm sure they would be looking into that as well. There are already uh, pitch change clocks and between inning clocks at the big league level, I believe, at the very least in the minor leagues. So the pace of play is distinct from game length. But, you know, it, it really does change the uh, the freedom of the game. You know, there's managers that are using every advantage that they have to to have, you know, competitive advantage in the late, later innings, and they, as a result, are use, utilizing more pitchers because they have more data. They know more than than ever before, basically, about how to uh, how to match up against each and every hitter individually. So I would not be opposed to the change, but it would be something that would take a little bit of easing into, I think. Teams are not immediately constructed to deal with this. So Yeah, I, I think I think one aspect of it too is not necessarily just about, you know, guys getting an out and okay, he's coming out. What about relievers who give up a a home run, a, you know, a big big hit to the first or second batter? You're supposed to leave him in there and just I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, it's a good point that Everybody seems to think first of the lefty specialist. That's the case that you'd probably see it happen the most, but sometimes it makes a lot more sense for a manager not to stick with a pitcher who, for whatever reason, doesn't look comfortable or or ready to take on whatever batter or whatever situation lies ahead of him. So uh, if you take away that that flexibility then you know there's there's other consequences i was also curious because it, it was not discussed in the uh the reports that were released from from these discussions but what would happen if a team were to do a waxahachi swap which is where a pitcher normally a relief pitcher will go to the outfield when they bring in a new reliever and then after a batter or two, the pitcher who's now in the outfield comes back to the mound and continues pitching. Stays in the game the entire time, but would they be able to take that pitcher off the mound and bring in a new pitcher? Because there's a three-batter minimum, but he could yeah, you no. could just say, well, he can face his three batters because he's still in the game. So that's just a fun little thing to throw out there, too. They'll have to address that. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the issue is with, you know, the middle pitcher, I guess you could call it. Uh, he's not going to stay in for three batters. Well, he'd have assume. to. Yeah, he'd have to. I, I, Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. There's there's a lot of aspects to this more than just, oh, lefty specialists who come in for one or two batters. It, it's it's more complex than that. Mm-hmm. I do think it would be a really interesting change, though. I'm, I, I want to see I'm more... I'm not saying it's not uninteresting, but yeah. I want to see more about this you know i i want to hear more opinions from from players from managers from from more fans rather than just the knee-jerk reactions that you get right when the news breaks because that's an easy way to gauge where people stand but it doesn't doesn't tell you a whole lot about how feasible it is so hopefully 
it uh, it stays on the table at least for a little while. So another pace of play implementation or not implementation proposal that has been proposed year in and year out is the pitch clock, the 22nd pitch clock for Major League Baseball. Uh, it's on the table again. Players still don't like it, and I, they can't imagine it's going into effect this year. Uh, but, you know, it, it is already been implemented in Double A AA and Triple A for, I think this is going to be the fourth year with the pitch clock in those levels, and there really haven't been many complaints from from players down there. So it's, uh, you know, we, we keep saying it's, it's bad for baseball, it, it's not real baseball, uh, but, you know, if we, if we look at, you know, the major groups that would be affected by such a change, you look at the players, you look at the fans, and, or more the casual fans, and then you look at the people who are, who are more invested in the game, you know, the, the more involved fans. And it seems that really the more traditional involved fans would be the only ones, you know, violently opposed to it. I mean, the players are, but it, it, it can be worked around. I don't think they're against the idea of having a time limit at all. I think they just don't agree with the, uh, the pacing of the, the proposals that they're driving year in, year out. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on a pitch clock? Um, I'm Basically, year after year, I've gotten a little softer on it. I don't necessarily need it, um, but if, you know, if they approved it, I wouldn't necessarily worry about it too much. Um, it's obviously, like you said, it's worked fine in the minor leagues. Um, so it's not, I, I don't think it's anything that a baseball purist needs to be scared of, but I can understand where the players are coming from, especially the established players who just, this is a big change to a routine. But it, is it though? Because I don't, I don't know the numbers on, uh, I think there is some site out there that tracks amount of time taken between pitches but on average, it's it's not going to alter the routine of most pitchers that often. I know there's the outliers that take no, yeah. sweet time. I, and, and I'm not saying every pitcher goes you know, 25, 30 seconds between pitches, but there is something about actually having a, a, an actual cl- limit then set on it. You can work fast, and but you know if you feel like you need to take more time than usual, that clock might throw you off or something like that. It it's it's a comfort level thing for those guys. I think I think um bringing up players through levels that have pitch clocks, I think will start to lead to more guys who are more comfortable with the pitch clocks and maybe this is something that will, you know, will stay kind of on the proposal um shelf for a few years, but as more guys come into the league having having gone through pitch clocks and stuff, I think more players will be uh, accepting of it. Yeah, no, I think it's great that they do it at the lower levels as as a test run, because that's what it's for. You know, they this is a testing ground for players, of course, to develop and improve their skills, and it can also be a testing ground for for the commissioner's office. So there's there's that as well. Uh, I think it's also worth mentioning that last season in the minor leagues the pitch clock was changed to 15 seconds with no runners on base and remained at 20 seconds with runners on base. Uh, And I also read that the MLB level proposal 
would not necessarily implement this with runners on base to begin with. So it would really just be with no runners on pitchers. Don't don't take forever, please. So it's it's really not, well, I'm all not for as that. yeah yeah it's not super dramatic. Uh, you know, there's no clocks in baseball. That's not how the game's played. No, it's, it's not even that drastic a change, really. So let's move on to a change that is a little bit more drastic. This proposal itself is not, but the potential in the future would be pretty significant. And this is the runners being placed on second base after 10 innings to start the inning. This proposal would be just for spring training and the All-Star game, so exhibitions that don't count for anything. But they are clearly using this as a test run of sorts, and I think there's many more fans that would be against this being implemented into major league games that actually count for something. Do you agree? Yeah, I I don't mind for exhibition games because we don't need to see those games go, you know, 15, 16 innings. But I don't like them. I don't like this change being implemented in games that actually count. Yeah, and I think part of that is just because when it does matter, when it does come to who has the better resilience to to make it through that entire game you know the the main defenses in favor of the uh the change to put runners in second base would be that it's it's better for players uh, over longer periods of time because if you're depleting your team and you're still playing on the same regular schedule, then you know it's not good for their health. It's not what fans want to see necessarily. is a is a stalemate, so to speak. Once you get to the the back end of the rosters on either team, and I, I guess they hope that there's more intrigue in the extra innings. But really, from a competitive advantage standpoint, I. I think there is a pretty big change in the dynamic, and that is not what you want major league players to have to deal with, you know. And I, I don't think fans, casual or more involved, will really, you know, they'll, they'll take notice, but they're not going to be enthralled by this, this enticing extra inning scenario where there's a runner on base to start with you know it, I, I don't think it's really going to accomplish what what the league intends it to yeah so, no i mean that i don't know i mean you know they're trying to gauge they're trying to bring more interest into baseball people don't people who are like oh i don't like baseball like the games when the games go extra innings they don't always take the one extra inning i mean pe- people are they complain about you know the the pace of play with air quotes around that um and like you know baseball is boring but like baseball isn't driving anybody away by having a handful of games a year ago 15 16 17 innings and also the that's what the the diehard and even the casual fans those games are sometimes interesting to watch oh absolutely yeah it's 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 free baseball and i hate to use the word artificial again but that's kind of what 
this runner on second feels like. I it's, think it's more it's more forcing yeah action when there's there's there is action to be to be enjoyed at the moment yeah. there's it's it's different than than any other of the the major sports that we have and I think that there are other ways to to improve pace of play rather than the the measures that have been implemented already but i i think it all comes down to to the culture of the sport you know yeah these these minor measures such as implementing a pitch clock and you know speeding up extra innings or or you know reducing the number of pitching changes these are all good things but unless you can come up with a way to I don't I don't know to to speed to speed up the the game itself without changing anything fundamentally which I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen I don't think it can happen no well first of all there's too many commercials to to speed up the general pace of play but then I, I like you said it's it seems to be a culture thing you know nowadays we talk about all oh, these kids they're doing one sport at age eight they're doing you know high high octane travel ball high stakes travel ball that that always just slows the game down instead of just, you know, people are going out and playing baseball and, you know, having fun basically. And, and everything happens super quickly and all right, we're done. But now everything from a very young age is high stakes, high leverage, it seems. And that just, that just leads to, you know, people taking their time and stuff. So it, it is, it is really a culture change in, in baseball in general. Mm-hmm. I, I think it really is interesting just how heated fans get when it comes to changing this game because it's it's a timeless game at this point. It's the oldest of the four major sports that we have in the States here. And there really there have been changes over time, but, but people still have this this stubborn notion is that baseball's not broken. It's not broken. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean that it can't be improved in any way, because we've developed a lot of ways to potentially improve the, the game that has been actively shaped over the course of these hundred years. The DH, which we're going to talk about in a moment, is not traditionally how baseball is played, and that's fine. The DH is really entertaining. And, you know, we have this division in baseball now, which is something that is is beloved by many. It's very polarizing, and it's a great topic of conversation every offseason when we have nothing else to talk about. But when it comes down to it, I think the resistance to change is, is as I mentioned earlier, more of a, a reaction. It's not so much going to impact the way we consume the sport. One example that I'll use is with the mound visit rule that was implemented last last year before the season. There was outcry about it. There was a lot of disdain for it. Catchers and catchers in particular were saying, if I need to, I'm going to ignore this rule. I don't think it was ever exceeded last year in any case. I think the Yankees broke it once. Did they break it or did they even did they reach six mound visits? Because think, hardly ever did the 
They, they didn't the break it. I don't think they they ran out of mound visits in like the seventh or something. Yeah, like that. hardly seventh ever did the team use all the mound visits they were allotted, and you know it's it's it seems ridiculous now that we were ever so up in arms about it. They do want to potentially reduce the number of mound visits even further now because they tested it last year and they said, well, hey, nobody was even using that many. Maybe we can, you know. <laughs> reduce just a little bit more maybe that'll help a little bit it seems unnecessary because the culture has changed now that catchers are definitely not going out there every other pitch to uh to talk to their pitchers and go over strategy which is the goal they achieve that goal and as a as a fan i, I watch a lot of baseball i can honestly say i've not cared one bit about that change so uh, the same will probably be the case for these other rules, including a change to the DH, if it were to come to the National League, I, I'm pretty sure fans would get over it quickly. You know, it's it's because it exists right now. It's not it's not changing everything fundamentally, but it is certainly messing with the tradition of the game. Uh, let's let's just jump right into it then, because I know you are against the DH, and I want to hear why that is I mean like you said well from a pure standpoint I like the difference in the leagues I like I don't mind hitters I don't mind pitchers hitting I don't think it kills the game that pitchers hit in, in the National League I don't there's nobody saying oh you know what I'd watch more baseball but there's that one guy in that lineup who just can't hit I don't think that's an issue um, and oh, I'm not and obviously I'm sure I'll get over it quickly if it happens I'll get used to watching it, but I I think hitters or pitchers should have you know some onus to try and hit at least in one league, and you know baseball isn't I don't know pitchers should be able to hit a, a little bit I don't know I pitchers should be able <laughs> to hit a little bit I'm yeah sorry. I mean what you're saying is fair these are these are opinions of of the fans that already consume the sport and have memories and really you've come to appreciate certain aspects of this game that a casual fan might not understand the nuances of because there is a lot of strategy involved right now and I'm not going to debate that all that strategy will not be taken away because it's it's going to be gone once the DH is fully implemented the the strategy that involves deciding when to take your starting pitcher out because let's face it, all of no them are so, switches. All of them are so bad though that this is a decision that really does come into play. But I wanna I wanna pose this or I wanna frame this change in a different way to you. Because the main objective of this is to increase offense, right? And yes. like you said, I don't think it's going to draw in many more fans just because, oh, there's that one guy in the lineup who really sucks at hitting. This ruins the game for me. I'm not arguing that. But I will ask you, do you want to see the best players on the field at every moment possible? Let's say you're going to a Dodgers game. You want to see Clayton Kershaw pitch as much as possible, right? Yeah. Okay. Say it's the fifth inning of a game, and 
as of right now, you know, Kershaw's spot comes up in the in the order. Kershaw's a you know a decent hitter. He can he can handle the bat up there. But let's say in the context of the game, uh, the manager wants to use a pinch hitter here. Kershaw will just have a relatively short start. Let's say he wasn't having the best day anyway, and he's out of the game in the fifth inning. And then you have a pinch hitter come into the game. You're dealing with relievers and pinch hitters the rest of the the day in that spot. It's not so much about, oh, this one spot's coming up. It ruins everything. It's more about this is less Clayton Kershaw. This is less, you know, let's. this is less time to watch J.D. Martinez play if he's on the Diamondbacks. This is, you know, there's, <laughs> there's so many other elements that come into play here especially you know you talk about older older players albert pools really you know he played a lot of first base last year should be relegated to first base miguel cabrera all these older hitters that really at this point in their career have been reduced to just hitting but that doesn't necessarily mean oh they they're useless on defense now i want them to be right out of the game it's it's more opportunity for people to see the players that they want to see on the field they can enjoy a starting pitcher that they want to see pitch longer they can enjoy a you know let's say you know Aaron Judge is young Yankees fan going to a game in the middle of summer and it's in the dog days Aaron Judge has played for you know two straight weeks of games basically with no rest days and they want to give him a break. Well, this little fan will be able to see Aaron Judge possibly slotted in the DH just to give him a little bit of a break instead of not being able to see him at all. It's flexibility. It's it's more opportunity to get the product, which is the players, in front of the fans. So that's my main argument for it. I understand that. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine with the DH in the AL. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, just eliminate it altogether. I, I don't mind it. I like I like the difference in leagues. I think that's very interesting with baseball and how you have um, two leagues that have uh, two sets of rules, basically. Yeah, I mean, um, not super competitively balanced either, but that's a different point. I, I'm not going to dive into that point right now. <laughs> that's That has nothing to do with the DH, but... It kind of um, does. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. But the, the point you made about, you know, Kershaw. The thing is, if he's not having that good of a start, anyways, he's not. He might be out of the game regardless at that point. Um, I I think you know the star starting pitchers you're talking about staying in the game. Um, if they're pitching well enough, which is what people want to see them do, is pitch well, then they're going to stay in the game no matter what. It's really the the lower level starters that have that maybe get pinch hit for earlier um, even if they're not having the worst start so I don't think that's a huge issue with you know pulling stars early mm, I don't know that's that's a bit subjective you know about what you what everybody wants to see at, you know exactly but um, in general that's that's the main thing that I think about when it comes to the DH is not so much that it's trying to ruin the game; it's just trying to give uh, give teams a little bit more freedom to uh, to play their their best players with less restrictions. So, 
uh, the other additional thing we've been on these main points for a long time so i'm going to go through the rest of the changes relatively quickly but the other change in regards to increasing offense would be to potentially move back the mound or lower the mound and this is in super early stages they proposed a committee to study the impacts of this that that's how early stages it is it's not happening necessarily and it doesn't need to happen but the mound has been the same since 1969 they lowered it five inches uh that year so uh this so far away that i don't even know if we need to share our opinions about a change like that but it's just something that i want to throw out there also with regards to roster sizes it has been proposed that rosters increase to 26 from 25 with a 12 pitcher maximum so another thing to to combat uh, just having an abundance of pitchers in the bullpen for lots of pitching changes later in the ballgame I imagine and they would also want to reduce the September rosters from 40 to 28 which seems a lot more reasonable doesn't it and they would also implement a uh, supplemental roster in September to to supplement the main roster, so extra players that are there but can't be used in every game. So, Is that supplemental roster with the twenty eight with the reduction of twenty eight? No, it's in addition. I think it's it's a proposal. There's not a ton of details. There's not a document okay. that outlines all the details of this. This is all just reports from from people involved. So. Uh, yeah, details are not abundant, but there are a bunch of links that I've uh, put in the description if you want to read up more about these proposals. Uh, in terms of service time, there are there are proposals to uh, to credit players with service time based on performance and awards that they win. So if a player finishes top three in Rookie of the Year voting then that would count as a year of their service time and it gets them to free agency quicker is the the goal of that which is good free agency right now is in a rough state and again yeah well i like that day. too just based on you can't do what the cubs did the chris bryant or with the braves or the ronald acuna if you have a guy you know is going to be really good and you you wait a few weeks to start the season before calling him up but if he's going to get that service time anyway from being a, a top rookie, then that just discourages that as well. Yeah, it's, it's really the best way for them to combat it right now. So I hope that comes about at some point. Also, uh, there was a, a proposal specifically for the Kyler Murray situation. And he is actually announced that he's going to the Combine. So uh, that's the end of his baseball career, it looks like. So two-sport athletes may now, or this isn't, this isn't implemented. This is what the proposal would be. Two sport athletes may be offered major league contracts, and currently amateur free agents can only be signed to minor league contracts. So very minor change. Um, another change, which is a little bit weird to me, but it's it's almost weirder that it's it's been this way for so long, is this is actually happening. This is being implemented. The disabled list is now the injury list, and it was proposed to return to a 15-day minimum, as it was before. They just changed it to 10-day last year. But the injury list, instead of the disabled list, 
and the DL is just a term that flows off the tongue so nicely. The IL is a little bit more. Uh, mm. Are you aware why they used to? Are you aware why they changed it? I'm not aware why they changed it, but looking at so why is what people are sticking on? They were afraid that the term disabled could get misconstrued as offensive, which you know is, which is fine. But now the thing that I wonder the most is why was it the disabled list to begin with? These these players, I mean, the players of course aren't disabled. They've been disabled from the roster, technically. I, I think that's yeah. The, the injury list makes a lot more sense as a name for this. No, thing. it it, <laughs> it does. The injury list is more you know to the point, but I think people are were confused and maybe a little bit mad at MLB. It's like nobody was saying anything about that. Basically, MLB is jumping ahead of the outrage. That could possibly come from, <laughs> you yeah. know, a lull, a lull in the, in the news cycle, sometime in the summer. <laughs> uh, the term, the term, suicide squeeze is sweating nervously now. <laughs> so that's a, uh, that's a change. That's actually implemented right away. The injury list, the IL. Do you think people are going to call it the IL? No, people are still going. I'm still going to call it the DL. I don't. I might just call it the injury list. I might just call it the full name. I don't know. Injury list. I think I'll call it injury list before IL, but I'll continually refer to it as a DL. <laughs> I'm pr- I probably will just on accident, if nothing else. Yeah. Also, that 15 days is to basically present to prevent what what the Dodgers mostly did, especially in 2017, which is you know guys get get put on the 10 day injury list, and um, especially starters, they only miss a starter to basically. A way to give them a quick rest instead of having missing two weeks, they miss a week and a half. Which um, there's a lot of guys going on the ten day disabled list. Yeah, thanks Dodgers. This is why we can't have nice things. I'll probably do the same thing if uh, the three batter minimum comes into effect. You're going to see a lot of <laughs> pitchers leaving with minor injuries, and they'll be good to go what? right away again. Yeah, you can blame that three pitcher minimum on Craig Council though. The three the three batter minimum. Yeah, three that batter was, minimum. That was a it was a mind game, you know. Got to leave a little bit of room for the mind game. So I'm going to get through the rest of these proposals very quickly here. So in terms of protecting against tanking, which was the last main objective, uh, teams with 90 or 90 lost seasons in consecutive seasons will be penalized uh, in terms of draft position and international signing pool money. The, of course, not implemented, also a proposal. Uh, and small market teams would be rewarded with competitive balance picks if they make the playoffs. So those are both good things. I don't think there's much to debate there. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, and also there's been a proposal to make just one trade deadline before the All-Star break, which is interesting. It seems a little bit early, but also with the same sort of goal in mind. There's other goals as well there other changes that would i know we can't talk about it much i'm just curious as to how you have one trade because there's already instead of the waiver deadline there's already make you just make it one deadline for any yeah i don't like it that early yeah i i think everybody agrees that yeah why are there two trade deadlines just make it one but it seems a little bit early because there's already essentially two trade deadlines one at the end of july non-waiver and then the waiver at the end of august i think the end of july one is perfectly fine you know, yeah, I don't, no, no, no. I'm not, but like, before yeah. the All Star break, at the very, 
at the latest, the beginning of July. Yeah, it's like a few weeks difference. I, it's a pretty it's big not, deal. Yeah, I don't think that's a, a good place to, you know, try and, uh, okay, teams, set your rosters now, basically. Yeah, I guess, you know, again, it's one of those things that I think people would get used to very quickly. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So those are the main proposals. The couple other minor ones, this one I like, is that is proposed to have additional mics on players for broadcast to increase fan engagement. I like that. I ain't this, this is, one, boys. This is what... That's where we <laughs> needed to drop with Mookie Betts saying that. Yes. This, it's, <laughs> it's so great, to the in-game player mics. I wish there was yes. more of this. Well, um, we need it more than you know Joe Buck asking the questions right. to players in the All-Star game. <laughs> yeah. Instead of dealing with pace of play, just make it more engaging in other ways. There's other ways to do this, and this is yeah. So I I love it. Ten out of ten. And also, they're both sides, the Players Association and MLB, are willing to talk about restructuring the playoffs, which will definitely need to happen at some point, based on the current trends of the super teams in baseball. But you know, maybe it won't happen so quickly. We'll see. I think there's a lot more discussion need to be had about you know, restructure, but yeah. Yes, indeed. Okay, so that is all the proposals that were talked about. Again, read up on them if you'd like. There's links about all of that. So that is it for this podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed it, rate, comment, and subscribe. And this podcast is available pretty much everywhere if you would like it on iTunes or on our website or anywhere else. Um... So there's that. And I would also like to announce that we will be doing sort of an unveiling of our updated website next week at beattheshiftbaseball.com. Uh, it will include, I mean, it'll, it'll just be restructured, but another big thing will be that the fantasy rankings and fantasy section of our website will be up to date and ready for the 2019 season so be on the lookout for that next week beat the shift baseball.com and also get, get in touch with us on social media at beat the shift bp twitter facebook and instagram we will be doing a lot of new things with uh fan engagement this year so be on the lookout for more announcements about that but until then thank you everybody for watching or listening. I, there's nothing to watch. I don't know why I say that. Well, there, there's going to be something to watch in at the some coming point. weeks. Ah, at some teaser. Point. I like it. Thanks, teaser. everybody. As always, Ray. Peace. Sign somewhere, free agents. <laughs>